Hello everybody, hopefully the audio difference in a microphone is noticeable this time around with a new microphone in tow. We look at Chelsea 1, Manchester United 1. The score draw here that saw a variety of formations from Graham Potter's side. We will look at what worked, what did not, as well as Man United's response, relying on age-old experience to pull through with an equaliser despite conceding the lead really late on. A quick word on Graham Potter's formations in general is that he sets the tone of the match using his formations and it really depends on which areas of the pitch he identifies as advantage areas based on his opponent's strengths. What he also attempted to replicate was Trossard and March's role in defence where they were in theory as wingbacks but really essentially helping the front three to press down United's back four. Aspili Cueta, as well as Ben Chilwell, were the wingbacks of choice here, trying to press up to Man United's back four in order to win the ball off their central midfield. Now, this so-called box revolved around Mount and Sterling, taking up really intelligent, wide positions so that they can force Man United into awkward diagonal passes. And really what broke down was that Anthony had an outstanding game in transition from defence to offence, and that really brought hell to Kokorea as left centre-back. Now, it only took half an hour, so this tactic can be said to be moot going forward. And really what we're looking at is how Potter's new 4-3-3 eventually turned the tide for the Blues. The introduction of a very familiar playmaker, Matteo Kovacic, helped Jorginho cycle the ball from back to front, as well as, crucially, creating this really essential connection between midfield and attack. So what happened was that the back three, or sorry, the back four now, would give the ball to Matteo Kovacic, and then he would find Raheem Sterling specifically in areas that were free within the final third. So Sterling, instead of having a strict right-sided role, now could venture all over the pitch just to wait for balls from Matteo Kovacic. Now, it was here that Sterling really came to life being able to make plays, essentially finding Mount Aubameyang and the wingbacks occasionally as throughout the first half itself. Chelsea produced nothing after the second half, despite having an encouraging end to the first. So it really speaks of Potter's mentality, and really this is where we really care in terms of FPL. What we know now is that Chelsea, number one, are a fixture-dependent team where they rely on squashing their opponents and really take adva taking advantage of positional advantages in order to take the lead and possibly extend it within the first hour. Because later on, we know that Potter is most likely to replace his entire front three, which he did here, relegating Mount to central midfield. And moving forward, <clears throat> it just comes down to whether you can foresee these advantages being played, but otherwise, the money that you have is certainly better spent elsewhere.
Manchester United with Bruno Fernandes now gaining more and more productivity on the pitch while the drama circles Cristiano Ronaldo. Quietly but surely, Bruno Fernandes is starting to influence games not just in terms of his hard work and his pressing alongside Marcus Rashford as striker, but really to implement the pace setting that Eric Ten Hag truly wants for his side. Bruno Fernandes is not only a hustler, he drops deep all the way as far as right back or right wing back to get the ball moving forward. He can make awkward first touch passes on the fly just to get the ball to Jadon Sancho quicker. He can defend alongside Fred and then burst forward at will when defenses are deep against Man United. So really, it just comes down to which of Bruno's teammates can click with him first. In this particular match, Bruno's adaptability suited Marcus Rashford a lot more than anyone else. Simply because Marcus Rashford in the opening stages took advantage of the space created by his wingers. Anthony and Jadon Sancho gave Chelsea's wingbacks a torrid time as mentioned earlier and it was Marcus Rashford that really took advantage of the space. In the 24th, the 28th and even the 33rd minutes of all of this were created by Bruno and Anthony constantly tearing Chelsea's side apart. Now, obviously after the half hour mark when Ten Hag had to deal with a brand new problem, Man United were unsurprisingly okay as the away side to shoot from range. As usual, we had players like Anthony and such continue to do his trademark cut and shoot thing. But really, the, ball, the game was about how Bruno would eventually find space. He played in Anthony for a guilt-edged chance in the 45th minute. And really, it's the idea here, the lesson here for FPL purposes is about Having a plan A, you invest in a player that has a plan A that can adapt itself on the fly. So while Bruno's role in the side cannot be understated any longer, it really is about who he benefits. And Anthony's reliable movement off the ball is considered one of those things that we know can translate from match to match. Bling. Being on that right side, I'm sure United fans have noticed enough how he occasionally ventures into the number 10 position to receive the ball of overloads that are created on the left side. So his shots from range are certainly practiced, tried and true, but more importantly on the transition where strikers can find Anthony on the run is where he truly becomes dangerous and it comes down to when you foresee Man United take the lead firstly and secondly whether Anthony still remains in the position for a striker such as Marcus Rashford or even dare I say the returning Anthony Martial to find him first time. A quick word on Man United's defense given their upcoming fixture run of West Ham, Villa and Fulham especially with the newfound stability with the re-emergence of Luke Shaw as well as Casemiro in midfield stabling the ship. Their defense currently hinges around how well the space around Casemiro is covered. So the unfortunate thing here is that it plays into the hands of Fulham in game week 16. But for West Ham as well as Villa as it stands, that space remains untouched by their best players as Ben Rama is more likely to attack the right side. While for Villa, well, we'll see what Unai Emery does. And at this stage, it's still relatively safe to hold on to a Man United side away from home that can potentially secure nil-nils.
Games between top six sides are usually platforms for a hero to emerge from the ashes, from the chaos, to sustain any newfound momentum moving forward into the final run of fixtures before the World Cup. For Man United, that man is Bruno Fernandes, but whether his productivity, whether his influence will result in shots and goals remains to be seen. While for Chelsea, well, that man is Matteo Kovacic, but with minutes under threat, we shall wait and see before investing in Chelsea's final two fixtures. This is FPL Teacher speaking. Going now with quick fire reviews. Look forward to that. Subscribe for prompt updates.